The unexpected slam of the screen door meant that someone was coming out to her, which at that particular hour of the morning was forbidden. Taddy Chase was not an unreasonably demanding hostess, even by the permissive standards of the Hamptons, but the guests at her place in East Hampton were subject to three strictures. They could not invite anyone else to the house without Taddy's permission. They had to contribute to the liquor supply. And on sunny days between 10 a.m. and 11 a.m., they were to stay off the back lawn. For that was where and when Taddy sunbathed in the nude. The ritual was in part a professional consideration. Taddy was an actress, not quite as successful and active an actress as she would have liked, but for all her wealth, a hard-working professional member of Actors' Equity who had had some good parts on Broadway and still enough television and summer stock work to stave off rumors of a failing career and who had never used her family's name, money, or her own body to further her ambitions except to keep her body and face as attractive as possible. She possessed a lovely body. Her first major role at 18, had been that of a slender blonde ingenue. She had now just turned 30 and was still playing slender blonde ingenues. With the dedication of a professional, she had kept her figure just so, and these regular sunbathing sessions kept her tan just so. She could hear the swish of approaching feet in the too long grass, but because of the screen of hedges she had planted for privacy, She could not see who it was. All she could view was her private section of sky, the limitless blue of a few minutes ago now retreating before a gathering veil of cloud. If it was one of the two men who were staying at her house that weekend, she would send him packing back to New York City on the next train. Taddy closed her eyes, waited for the intruder's voice, not making a move to cover herself. One of the season's Lotharios had made a boorish comment upon seeing her close her eyes at the beach. Taddy's Anglo-Saxon features were English country garden perfect, a harmonious proportioning of delicate chin and lips, aristocratic nose and brow. But her cheekbones were high and wide, almost Asiatic. When her blue-gray eyes were open, the Lothario had observed, her face seemed an illuminated place. But when you close them, he had said, you are just a Slav. She had not given the ass an opportunity to see her with her eyes closed again. Taddy? She looked up to see Gwen Aldridge, a thin, freckled, auburn-haired woman her own age, barefoot, wearing a thin, billowing summer house dress and holding a package. Taddy sat up. The sky was going quickly to gray. I wouldn't have bothered you, but this just came special delivery. Gwen had once been considered as beautiful as Taddy when they were young and close friends in Greenwich, Connecticut. They had been childhood playmates, boarding school roommates, debutantes together, had made their first trips to Europe together, and double dated in college. The Aldridges had never really had all that much money. Her father had been an industrial manager who lived entirely off his salary. 
When Gwen's young architect husband died six years after their marriage, she had been left penniless and compelled to support herself by teaching school. When school was not in session, she lived with Taddy at Taddy's request. Thank you, said Taddy, taking the package. She thought at first it might be a script someone had sent her. I'll be having lunch at the house today. I'll be in shortly. They all will, I'm afraid, Gwen said, with a faint, troubled smile, a frequent expression. They're predicting rain. Taddy nodded, but said nothing more. Even as Gwen turned to walk away, Taddy was staring transfixed at the return address on the package. MMA Matilda Iovashenko Hoops, Pommel Ridge Road, Braddock Wells, New York.